0: You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes.
1: I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
0: My name is Esprit Devora. born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community, podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent to connect with each other to form awesome relationships. So proud
1: of this show. Enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Wong, founder and CEO of The Flex Company. We're creating a more comfortable period for everyone. And I'm coming to you from Topanga. Absolutely. And sometimes like being an outsider, I think brings an advantage. Like me being from Georgia, from a small town and like the struggle that I faced as a child and as a teenager and everything that I went through in my life conditioned me super, super well to be an entrepreneur, right? All that struggle and strife and pain and heartache. Condition me for all the ups and downs of being being a CEO and a startup CEO. So I think even though I didn't go to, you know, Stanford or Harvard or Haas or whatever, I don't have my MBA, like it kind of gives me an advantage in some ways because I look at problems a little bit differently. And there's nothing wrong with going to those schools as well. They give you phenomenal training, um, but you don't, you don't need a pedigree to right. be successful in business.
0: Yeah, there's no one right path, but there is uh, a bad path when it comes to health um, that has afflicted a lot of women. And that's like yeast infections and toxic. How do you say it? Toxic, toxic shock syndrome. Yeah. Toxic TSS. Shock. Yeah. I've seen devastating things I was unaware of as a teenager and growing up. And then later when I would see YouTube videos, I'm like, thank goodness that didn't happen to me. Yeah. Flex. To my knowledge, like how I perceive it, guarantees that I won't have to deal with those misfortunes and take the risk of doing that to my body. Is that accurate?
1: So I'm not allowed to say guarantee from for like legal reasons, but what I can tell you is we have made over 80 million discs, and we our discs have never been linked to TSS. Our cups have never been linked to TSS. Um The the thing about tampons and TSS and why tampons and tampons, I think by and large generally are pretty safe. So uh, if you like follow instructions and you don't leave it in for too long and use the proper absorbency, you should be fine. Generally speaking, Um, TSS is caused by a strain of staph bacteria. That is, if it's found outside of your skin, it doesn't harm you, but if it gets um, in your bloodstream, It can harm you. And so when you put a tampon inside of your body, cotton is an organic material. And an organic material can promote the growth of toxic bacteria. And if you leave it in for too long, and those bacteria, if you happen to have that bacteria on the tampon, or if you have like a small abrasion from the cotton going inside of your vagina, doesn't matter if it's a regular tampon or organic tampon, they're all cotton that is what can promote the growth of that bacteria, which can lead to TSS. And I think on the yeast infection side, Tavons don't cause yeast infections for everyone. They did cause yeast infections for me because they can disrupt the flora and like the pH of your vagina because you're basically holding the blood inside of your vaginal canal against your vaginal walls for hours on end versus a cup or a disc. It's collecting the fluid. It's not absorbing anything. It's made out of body safe materials that um, are used in all different types of medical devices right over and over and over again in hospitals like millions of people per day and so we know that these materials don't promote the growth of that toxic bacteria and that that's what makes the difference and that's why you can wear this product for 12 hours so it's disposable like a tampon but it you end up using two per day versus you know, 18 to 21 tampons per cycle. So it creates a lot less waste as well. Hey,
2: this is Lauren Popish, founder of The Wave Podcasting and Swell. We help women start and grow podcasts. I'm based in South Hollywood. It's a really hard question. I've changed so much in this year. Not just my thinking about it, but like I've changed. I came into it. Believing that my best skills were this like interior design background that I had, believing in space, working in real estate, working in real estate tech. And now I think the pandemic has exposed issues with the real estate industry that were going to break anyway. You and I met because we were both members of a co working space, right? Which I think, is wild, by the way. I know it's hard to re- even remember you're that like
0: the biggest ROI I got out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so random. They're like, you're both women. You're both into podcasting. Here you go.
2: Why don't you chat? And we were like, uh, and it was just a beautiful mix. But I think that people in real estate have exploited people for a long time. They've made a lot of money by figuring out how to get as many people through a space as possible, sharing seats and and the trend of co-working, you know, oh, I only have to provide 20 seats, but I can sell it to 60 people because they're going to all come at different times of the day. And they're never, it's like the gym membership model, right? Like some people aren't going to show up so I can oversell this space. It's not a I don't want to say ethical business practice, but it certainly isn't human-centric. And unfortunately, when, you, when you're when you in that industry, it's hard not to see people for their rent capacity, you know? And I don't want to believe that I ever thought of people that way. But it was very easy for me to say, wow, how easy to build a business around a space, around a thing I already have, around a space I might have anyway because I'm a podcaster, I think it's the wrong mentality, and I think we'll see real estate change a lot as a result. I've also been able to reach so many more people, and what you have to realize is that I've lived in New York, I've lived in Los Angeles, but there are so many people who don't want to or can't live in big cities and still have important, valuable things to say. Do they not deserve good resources to produce podcasts? No. No. And being able to create a digital business has allowed me to get in touch with these people, empathize with them, and make sure that they do have the resources they need. So if I could go back, I don't know that I would change what's happened. Not that I could, and not that I think you should live with regret, but I would like the
3: outcome. I'm proud of it. My name is Jay Kinga. I am a tramp wall and circus acrobat who's creating a business between circus and live performance and the connection between social media. I have 1.4 million followers on TikTok and I'm currently based in Tarzana. Well, currently my stats on all platforms are TikTok is number one. I have 1.4 million followers there. YouTube is next. I think I just hit over, I think I have 23 I don't remember exactly, but I have over 20,000 subscribers on YouTube and I have Congrats. over 20,000 uh, followers on Instagram. So there's a lot lower than TikTok, but they're still getting up there. And I actually just recently posted a YouTube video that hit 10,000 views and gained me a thousand subscribers from that video nice. alone. Congrats. And someone, uh, Sports Bible, I think reshared the video. They like edited their own version of it on Facebook. And last I just checked, it's got over 8 million views on Facebook which is Incredible. nuts.
2: Incredible. Congrats.
3: Things are doing well. Um my background, I started like I said with circus around I think it was slightly before Halloween of 2019. Uh a friend in the circus industry contacted me and was like, "Hey, there's this, you know, new platform called TikTok. They're paying users to create content for them so that way there's new content on the platform." I think you'd be a good fit. And I put your name forward. So they did a month trial where I I had to create a certain amount of videos in a month. And I did that. And I actually put some effort into it. Like I I really, I enjoy being creative and coming up with ideas. I didn't know exactly what I was doing then, but I I really did try. I had like two videos go semi-viral around that period of time. And then they ended that month and then like, I think a month and a half to two months went by and then they did another month. So I did that one again. And then at that point, TikTok was starting to like really trend. And I don't think they needed creators like that, uh, in a, in a sense. And then basically I, at the start of the year, I took a trip to Europe. I came back in February and decided to move to, cause I didn't have a circus contract lined up. I decided to move to. Orange County, so that way I could create with this guy named Jr., the one who runs the Junk Tramp account. And so I kind of created my own little video to kind of like preemptively merge a storyline before I got in there, and it went really, really viral. And everyone was tagging, and everyone was kind of following it along. And so at that point, I think I had about three hundred thousand followers on TikTok already. That's huge. Um, And this was like right before TikTok really hit mainstream. And so we started getting like millions of views on every single video every single time like we were on a on a run and then covid hit lockdown happened we moved out and then we were the only ones creating i mean people were creating but like we were consistently doing it so people were really paying attention then i think in the next like five to six months i i gained from 300 000 to over a million followers just in that short period of time